0: welcome to the disrupt education podcast i'm peter hostrosser the host and founder of disrupt education want to take a moment to thank you for listening to the podcast before we get into today's guest i would like to ask you to take a look at peterhostrosser.com or disrupteducation.co you'll see all the podcasts the vlogs uh, i have a youtube channel instagram all that connect is there uh, you can also see where I'm going to be next, speaking or coaching, uh, or you can connect with me there because I love to transform people to become energetic learners through personal interest discovery. Basically, my value is helping others show theirs. Today's guest is a lead guide and an academic coach at Alpha, which is a K-12 private school in Austin, Texas. They believe that success lies in hard work and innovation just the type that Disrupt Education loves. He's also the COO and co-founder of Guide, which is an app uh, defining the future of education and addressing life skills gap in the education industry. Mike Yates will be up and we'll be chatting with him right after this on Disrupt Education.
1: If you have a child who's passionate about getting into a really great college, you take him to an SAT coach. If you have a child who's really passionate about playing basketball, you take him to a basketball trainer. But if you have a kid whose passion is off-brand or is trying to find their passion and ignite it, you need to take him to Peter Hostrauser. When I was a junior in high school, I began making videos on YouTube. (sighs) We're doing something in my small business management class that has never really been done before. It wasn't before long that I met Peter Hostrauser. The small business management teacher who helped put me on a course of entrepreneurship one of which has been the most uplifting and passionate journeys of my life peter is a master at pinpointing passions and opening doors for the youth who need just one correct move to set them in the right direction he will triple down on their strengths help them build their network and portfolio and most importantly help them utilize these learning points so that they can make money with their passion to live their dream life i as well as many others can honestly say that we wouldn't be where we are without his business and coaching expertise. If you're looking to help your student ignite their passion, contact Peter Hostrauser at phostrauser at gmail.com.
0: The Disrupt Education vlog can be found on YouTube. To hear it in podcast form, search Disrupt Education on any of the following podcast platforms Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Breaker, Castbox, Overcast, Radio Public, Pocket Cast, Spotify, or Stitcher. <laughs> Welcome to this episode of Disrupt Education. I have an amazing guest today, the co-founder of Guide, uh, the lead guide at Alpha, a two times TEDx speaker and an educator, Mike Yates, welcome to Disrupt Education.
2: Thank you so much, glad to be here.
0: Tell us a little bit about all those things I just listed. Tell us a little bit about Guide, the the lead guide at Alpha. What, What is all this stuff? Because I know what it is, the audience doesn't know and I think they need to know.
2: Right, right, right. Yeah, so Guide is a life skills training app for high school students and beyond, really. Uh, so a couple of friends of mine got together, um, and we had only met on LinkedIn for like the first three or four months. We had not been in the same room. And we got to work designing this solution to teach people life skills um, through an app. Uh, so seeing an app like TikTok, uh, or what used to be Musical.ly, and the way it caught on with teenagers at that age, we thought, well, we could use this to create a learning platform um, as, like, the starting place, so using video as a starting place, and then evolving and adapting over time, but really as a way to deliver micro-learning experiences to um, high school students. Uh, so the app is going to hit the App Store in the next few weeks, it's going to be completely free, um, so tell all the high schoolers you know to get on there, you should get on there yourself, everybody get on there. Um, so that that's guide. Um Alpha is a school that I work at here in Austin, mm-hmm. and we are trying to change a lot of narratives about education at Alpha. Um, our, our school looks like a co-working space. Um, we have no classrooms, technically no teachers. Uh, we use adaptive learning software in place of direct instruction. So, you know, whether it's traditionally a math class, our kids have a math app. Mm-hmm. Every kid's in a different place. They're, they work at their own pace, all of that. And um, what we find is that the adaptive apps speed up the academic learning process. Kids only spend two hours a day on academics. The rest of the day is life skills, oh, nice. personal interest projects, field trips, all kind of crazy stuff. Um, and so I lead a team here uh, at Alpha, leading our, our our middle school level.
0: That's that's fantastic. I think. Um... You know, I'm, I'm just reading Mark Essek's, uh book on, you know, technology, and he was just on the last podcast and he talks just about that, like we're turning teachers into kind of motivators and team leaders and, and those types of things. Tell us a little bit about how you got to where you are. What was your educational background like? What was your journey like to here becoming in the education realm kind of such in a, in a great innovative way?
2: Yeah, I I think it was uh, just a long process of frustration. Um, When I was about 16, 17 years old, um, I was having an argument with a math teacher about why I had to show my work. And I I, I couldn't see why it was important that I showed my work to questions that I already know the answer to or that could easily be answered with a calculator. Because in my mind, that type of advanced math, I think I was in like Algebra 2, um, I I didn't see a connection and a reason for me to use that in my adult life. Mm-hmm. And the answer that my teacher gave me was, "Michael, you won't always have a calculator with you when you grow up," which I'm sure <laughs> many of you heard before. And 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 so that was September of 2007. The iPhone came out in June of
3: 2007.
2: <laughs> the guy the, the guy sitting next to me leans over, pulls out his brand new iPhone, opens his calculator app, and he's like, "You mean like?" Like this one, Miss, <laughs> and that was the day that like it just affirmed all these the skepticism that I had about school, and I realized like this lady is preparing me for the world that she lives in, not the one I'm going to live in. And so, so I, I sort of approached school with this very um, like contrarian uh, mindset from then on, and I tried to figure out at a very young age what can I break, what can I take apart, mm-hmm. like like what how do I, how do I fix this thing, and I became fixated on like this idea of changing education. I started formally working in education when I was 19. Mm. I was building education programs for the United Way, trying to figure out how I could work outside of the system to change it. And I realized I had to go into it. So I became a teacher, and um, I I was very frustrated as a teacher with all of the restraint that I dealt with in the public school and private schools and charter schools. And so I started searching for resources to start my own school, and that journey led me to Alpha. Um, where I was like, these are people already doing what I want to do. Mm-hmm. So I joined up with uh, Alpha, which is you know now really like we're like a, a year and a half, two years into our current phase,
3: mm-hmm.
2: uh, which is like uh, our operation at full scale. So uh, super happy to be here, but it's really just a, a process of frustration and me trying to like <laughs> figure out problems and pull this system apart.
0: So I have to ask, going in to become a teacher, is that was that a traditional path? Did you have to go into a collegiate realm there to get that certification, or how to, how was that path? and was that frustration if it if it happened?
2: So no, I, I actually um, I kind of had my my arm twisted a little bit uh, going into teaching. Uh, I had a friend of mine come um, visit my wife and I and and she's like, "Hey, you should consider teaching." Uh, I have a background in speech and debate. I I did competitive speech and debate in high school and college. Nice. And she worked at a school that needed a speech coach Mm -hmm. to rebuild their speech program. So she says, hey, like, this position's open. You should go for it. I I thought, "Ah, I'm I'm not interested in teaching. (laughs) So uh, I sent the most, like, I sent this email where I was trying to get them to turn me away. Mm -hmm. I was was, like, I, I put something like, I will only come to your school if you have this opening. And if these are the hours, and if it pays this much, and I thought, surely they're going to be like, this guy's crazy. But the the email reply that I got back was like, that's exactly what we need. We need those exact hours. It's like, oh, okay, well, this must mean something. So I ended up at this very small private school in Austin. Uh, it was a classical school. Mm-hmm. And I learned that I loved working with kids.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, I learned that while their method was – not my preference. It was different than everything else. Mm -hmm. And so I started to really dive into different models of school once I learned about the classical model. And so that, like, that's kind of, I I didn't see it as a traditional route, Mm -hmm. Uh, but I knew that if I wanted to make a large impact, I needed to know what it felt like to essentially suffer in public school. So I left that school um, and I was not certified. I just had my college degree. I did not go through the education route in college. Mm -hmm. So I try. I went to the um, the the uh, alternative certification program. Yeah.
3: Um,
2: I applied for Teach for America, mm-hmm. but I did not get in because I already had teaching experience. <laughs> but I, fa- I found this. What I actually is an amazing teaching organization, uh, the New Teacher Project. Mm-hmm. And while I I have left a lot of what I learned there behind, purposefully. What they did was they they gave me a framework and a structure to make my base, so that I could innovate and go from there. Mm-hmm. Um, so I I was certified through them, and uh, and then I just broke rules and flooded hallways and did all kinds of crazy <laughs> stuff.
0: That is disrupt education. That's what we're talking <laughs> about here. Um, so I'm I'm interested in in a few things. Um, I want to know. So, two hours ish on academia, kind of doing that. What what are the yeah. skill sets? Tell us a little bit about the skill sets that that Alpha is doing, and, and what does that look like? Because I think that's where we're all going. Uh, you know, knowledge is. I'm a Jack Ma dude. Like, you know, knowledge right. is, can be found everywhere. Um, what are the skill sets that that you all are taking a look at with uh, youth?
2: Yes. What's What's interesting about what we're doing here is that um, is that kids. Like you, you, you find that um, like nobody really knows uh, what life skills actually are. Uh, if you ask people like what life skills are important, everybody's going to give you a different one. Mm-hmm. And and so what's interesting with with Alpha is that um, what we have found is that everybody's claiming that they teach life skills is like a byproduct of their program, mm-hmm. but we've isolated skills that we think are important, and that other people haven't figured out how to teach things like grit. Mm-hmm. um And it's not the academics don't teach the life skill. We isolate the life skill and teach it on its own. Mm. The academic, the academic time—that two hours that they're in the apps—like you're supposed to be learning math, right? <laughs> right? Like, and, and I'm sure, like obviously, like there's byproducts, like, 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 t- like being on time, right? Like, like, like multitasking, whatever, switching from task to task. But like, if you want to teach grit, hand a kid an ice cube and make them hold it in their hand <laughs> Right, like you, you, you want to see how competitive a kid is. Put him in an elevator with his friend, mm-hmm. and tell him the first person that to touches the button loses. Right, like that. <laughs> those are the things that we've sort of like learned to pull apart. Mm. And uh, the thing that I've learned from being here is to oversimplify, like purposely oversimplify things that you want to teach, mm-hmm. because a lot of the times in, in education we give kids too much at once, mm-hmm. and we want to teach them public speaking, but also time management and also teamwork. Well, just isolate one of those, Yeah. teach them that, let them master that skill, then move on. Mm-hmm. And once you know that you have a group of kids that have mastered several skills, stack them on top of each other. Mm. So we, we really are just uh, like primarily searching for things that kids can't get anywhere else right now, mm. um, because being different is the biggest differentiator for us. Is that,
0: is that a badging system? How do you know a kid has mastered something? That's something that I think is always argued in education.
2: Yeah, I don't I don't, we, I don't know we don't have a great answer for it <laughs> uh, we we have what we what we do and what we think we know is that we created for each life skills workshop or project that we have we've created a test to pass and that test to pass normally involves uh, like a third party validation mm-hmm. you know so you know typically like you know at, at a traditional schools kids get these like like oh this kid's the best math student in the school but mm-hmm. it's only the math department you're Which what? means like, it's, it's all internal. Like no, nobody knows how good the kid really is. But if, if we teach a kid public speaking, and then we say, okay, we're going to bring the best speech team, the best college speech team in the country, mm-hmm. they're going to come tell you how good they think you are. Mm-hmm. Now it's not like, oh, Mike is my speech teacher, and he said I'm really good. Mm-hmm. It's Mike said I'm good, and these people who I've never met before came and watched me. They have a ton of experience. They say I'm good. Um, we We think that's a good way to measure when kids have mastered things. Um, And the other thing is, like, if kids can use it, right? Like, if they can teach, if Mm -hmm. if you can watch them use the skill, then I think that's a good indicator that they've mastered it.
0: What's the vision of a student walking out of alpha having? Uh, Traditionally, it's a piece of paper, Uh, maybe an SAT score, possibly maybe a portfolio. I don't know. What, what What does it look like walking out of that school, the school that you work in?
2: Uh, that I think that's one of the most fun fun parts is that we haven't figured it out yet. We don't, yeah. we don't know. Um, the greatest thing about Alpha is that it is an experiment. Mm-hmm. Um, that's why a lot, like a lot of people ask, like, why is why are you guys not advertising?
3: Mm-hmm.
2: We're not advertising because we have questions. Yeah, and, and we're pretty comfortable saying that we're answering those questions through trial and error. Um, but if I were to if I were to give like a, a measurement, we so we want to empower kids to go live an incredible life. Mm -hmm. Whether that means they go to college or not, um, we we want them to live that incredible life. That means for us, we need to equip students with the skills and the academic achievement levels enough so that they could get into any university that they want to. Mm -hmm. Because in my opinion, incredible life means you have options. So we set our sights on top 20 universities. We want students to be able to market themselves to those universities, Mm -hmm. tell compelling stories about the things that they've been up to while they're in school so that you can, like, I would like for our students to be in a position to say, no, I don't want to go to Yale. I want to go to Stanford. Mm -hmm. Um, Or I would like them to say, no, don't want to go to Stanford. I want to go to Texas State University Uh
3: Mm -hmm. because
2: they have this specific program. Mm -hmm. Or no, I don't want to go to college. I want to start my own business. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I, I would hope that Kids have options when they
0: need kids. Right. And, you know, don't forget, like, Lambda School and our buddy Austin Allred. I think we're exactly. right. Uh, I had to give right. him a shout-out there because I, I just love the innovation in education and, and right. how you are designing um, this. And, frankly, I mean, it's refreshing to hear. Like, we don't know the answers. I think in education, uh, too many people think they have the one silver bullet or whatnot. Um, what do you think, then um, – yeah, I was going to ask you then in the college or the entrepreneurship realm, where, where are most of your students? Are they are they look what, what are your let me erase all that. What are your thoughts on post-secondary education options? Uh, traditionally, college, what, what do you think is going to happen or is happening uh, in, in the next realm after, uh, say, a K through 12 traditional or non-traditional like your system?
2: So I, I, I think that the existing system, um, the existing college system. Uh, suffers from some of the same ills that the K through 12 system does, mm-hmm. and that it is still the end, like it is still the end of the assembly line. It's the end of the traditional school assembly line. Like, I go to kindergarten, middle school, high school, college. Hopefully, I get a great job after college. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't mean it's necessarily bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, there's a group of parents at Alpha, and there's a lot of people that think that. I am down on kids going to college. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I don't believe that college is for everyone. Mm-hmm. My younger brother um, is a, a college student right now, and I truly believe that he should have never set foot in college, mm. and he should have gone to start his own business. I mm-hmm. mean, the kid is a purebred entrepreneur, and he's wasting his time right. while he's in college. He, you know, so I think, I think people need to be honest with themselves before they join that system. Because the truth is, is that there are more compelling options. Like you just talked about, Lambda School. Right. This, this, I mean, like I know, every, I know, like it's like the popular thing to rag on WeWork right now. Yeah. But,
3: right.
2: <laughs> like what Flatiron School is doing is amazing, mm-hmm. and, and I don't know what their relationship is going to be with WeWork going forward, but but Flatiron School, Lambda School, there's uh, tons of coding boot camps.
3: Mm-hmm. If
2: I'm interested in computer science in the ninth grade, there is no reason for me at this point in history to go be a part of a four-year computer science program right. unless I know that there is somebody that's going to secure me a position from that program. right? I I, I could not imagine if I had an 18-year-old child looking at that child and saying, go to the University of Texas to learn computer science. I'm telling him, you call Austin Allred, you tweet him right now, because mm-hmm. he'll respond, right. and you go to Lambda School. Right? Like I, I, I believe that Lambda School has laid the framework mm-hmm. for what post-secondary <laughs> education could and should be. Right. I think Google should have their own university. I think Apple should have their I think Nike should have their own university. Mm-hmm. I think Whataburger, which they actually do, yeah. I think Whataburger can have their own university mm-hmm. where they are focused on training the people that they want because I mean, like, everybody knows the, the most valuable training you'll get is on the job. Right there, There's a gap between your college di- diploma mm-hmm. and the skills you need in your job.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: The company's already recognize that. Right. So I, I, I think that, you know, there, there's kids that joke at our school, like, we're going to have, we, so at our school, we, we don't have traditional grade levels. We have a learning lab, a level one, two, three, and four. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Level four is high school. The kids are like, well, we're going to have a level five soon. It's going to be college. <laughs> right. I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't complain about that. I would mm-hmm. love that. <laughs> It'd be like, I, I think that if the purpose of college is to get you a career, mm-hmm. then the companies themselves right. should just create their own learning program. Mm-hmm.
0: Coming up after the break, I talk more with Mike about Alpha and the things they're working on with students, and also grab his opinion on what he would tell a teenager in high school in any system. Stay with us. We'll be right back. I feel, um, you know, I've already saw as soon as, um, oh, I can't remember. It was Adam, uh, the guy who went to WeWork, uh, started. Yeah, so when, when he left, uh, right after that nine-month um, business analytics, that Harvard came out with one right after that. I don't know if you saw that. So I, I feel like the the IVs, the, the big schools, uh, you know, with huge endowments, they're going to go ahead and, and be the ones. Uh, And then we're already seeing the smaller ones, I think, start to collapse. And I'm just like you. A lot of people will say, you know, are you a college hater? No, I'm not at all. But I think, you know, with technology and and all the different things that are going on, Holbert and Lambda, um, Praxis, all these different things, um, our students are having more and more options. How do you help navigate that student's? Um, what are what are some of the essential questions that you ask an alpha student going on to the next level? What what would you or are you you know experimenting with in that realm?
2: So so right now it's all about personal interest. Mm-hmm. Um, we we very much so desire to create pathways for kids based on their personal interest. So
3: mm-hmm.
2: for example, right now we have a student that's in our level four, four program or our high school who's really into um, AI and 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 you know the VR, AR, and mm-hmm. and so I ask him questions not about the next level, not about college, but to gauge his interest in that.
3: Right. So
2: I will t- every time I see him, I'm like, Hey, what do you think about AI ethics? Like, what do you think about Watson and the people that designed it? I'm reading a book right now called Race After Technology,
3: mm-hmm.
2: and I started reading it over the winter break, and I'm going to bring it and talk to him about this book mm-hmm. because I, I I would rather him be so in love with that 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 interest. That subject that choosing a university if he chooses to do that mm-hmm. becomes really easy for him because now he's like my, my options are the ones that that cover the thing that i love so for him it'll probably be like mit or, or yeah. like whatever or whatever yeah. johns hopkins whatever <laughs> but um but hopefully we've designed a program that gives him every shot to get into those programs mm-hmm. um, with a strong interest knowing what he wants to do uh, we, we will, I, I imagine, place a higher emphasis on AP, mm-hmm. um, quite frankly, to have students, I mean, we have students that have enough college credits, they can leave here, mm-hmm. and it's not really about saving money, it's about getting them to the things that they love. Right. You don't have to take basic courses, you're right into your, your, your passion coursework. Right,
0: right. Okay, two times TEDx speaker. Tell us a little bit about those uh, speaking engagements. What were the topics, and and where can people find those? Because I know they're out yeah. there.
2: Yeah, yeah. So the, uh, the second one actually hasn't happened yet. It's happening okay. on the 18th. Awesome. Um, that one I'm very, very excited about because it's, it's actually a lot of what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the My newest one that will be do, happening at TEDx South Congress um, is the theme of that night is It's About Time. And... I am giving a talk entitled, it is about time we think differently about school. Mm. Um, simply because the the farther I immerse myself in this world of uh, education change and reform, I find that I'm still having conversations with people who, one, don't know there are other options, mm. and two, dogmatically support the, the options that we know are not as good. Yeah, um, you know, I, I think everybody in America kind of like they really know or they have some suspicion that the school system's not working out, Mm -hmm. but they just don't believe the other options work. I mean, I, I listened to a, a lady, uh, in in the grocery store talking very loudly on her cell phone (laughs) about how she would never send her kid to one of those crazy Montessori schools. Mm -hmm. And, and, uh, at one point she said, no, I haven't set foot in one of those places because all those people are crazy. And I thought, you've never even been there. You, don't, like, like, you are so committed to the local public school that you won't even check out an option that could really, like, truly be better for your child. Mm-hmm. So I am uh, purposely pressing buttons in that speech. Um, I, I hope that I will get a lot of negative comments on YouTube uh, because I, I, I purposely went for Ruffle Feathers right. Um, tell people, like. And I I recently found out uh, in having a conversation with – her name is Dr. Sally Raby. She's the Mm -hmm. CEO of this organization called Intellectus. Mm -hmm. Um, I found out through talking to her – she does a lot of work in education in the Middle East – that it is easier to start a school in a developing nation because the government is not convinced that their school system works. Mm and to me that says a lot about the United States because we actually are convinced that this thing is working out. Right. And so I, 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 hope to shed light on that. Right. And, uh, my first Ted talk, which, uh, I, I'm, I'm so passionate about this message. Uh, one of the things I really, really want to do is I want to empower teachers to, um, to teach with a higher level of cultural responsibility. Mm. Um, and so it, it's called, um, recognizing power, um, or rec- sorry, recognizing privilege, power to all people. Mm. I talk about this concept called the, the culture of power.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And um, in the United States, there is a culture of power. Mm-hmm. But the, the the conversation around that, especially amongst people of color, mm-hmm. uh, especially black people, is a conversation that says, this is the people that are in power. You And it, it makes you think that you can never, ever achieve success because there are are people that are unfairly advantaged in the United States.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And that's just not true. Mm.
3: Um,
2: like, the, the, the truth is that everybody can make it here. Mm-hmm. I know it's not popular to say that right now, right. but everybody can make it in the United States. Mm. Um, the truth is that education is powerful. The truth is that athletics are valuable. And if you're LeBron James, no, you shouldn't go to college. Yes, you should go to the NBA, <laughs> right? right? Like, if, if, if you are the, the next great musician, you should go play music, mm-hmm. right? Like, you should be... And, and I, I, so I, I found I had all these students who couldn't navigate their talents and gifts because they were so overcome by the fact that the world was unfair. Mm. So I, I, I wrote that speech and did that TED Talk to send the message to students, like, yes, you are powerful. Mm-hmm. And even though, like, yes, stuff is not fair, stuff is not even or equal, right. you you can claim power over your own identities. Like, mm. For example, like I was born in the United States. I speak English. Mm-hmm. I like speaking English gives me an advantage over more than half of the world, right? Right. Right. Um, Being male gives me an advantage, right? Mm -hmm. Having a mom who went to college. But I could say, oh, I come from a disenfranchised group, life is so much harder for me, right? Got it. That's what it's
0: about. I mean, those parallels, I think, you know, with, you know, uh, we just had a PD today at the school that I work at. And um, it was it was great. I mean, I I like to understand, you know, your implicit biases and things. And, you know, going in as a white male, I grew up in a rural town in Indiana. And when we moved to Chicago, I'm still learning, obviously, you know, uh, lens. But I think with that, and, and, and then putting that here with the educational realm that we're in right now, the big, I don't know you want to call it like a a huge transition or, or maybe a very slow transition. Um, Those two things are very, they're happening at the same time. And it's really interesting to be in education. Um, So we'll put that link to your first Ted talk uh, underneath uh, the podcast here. Um, Tell us uh, about how people can find you find alpha uh, find guide. Uh, Where are the places that uh, we can find Mike Yates and and the plethora of things that you're, that they're in right now?
2: Yeah, yeah. Uh, you can find me mostly on LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. Uh, I spend a lot of my time there, but um, I've got a website. It is yatesmike.com. Mm-hmm. Um, I am also on Twitter, at like just like J-U-S-T, just uh Alpha, our website is go-alpha.org. There's mm-hmm. not much on that website
3: mm-hmm.
2: by design, <laughs> um, but you can go there. It'll tell you like the basics of the program. The best way to learn about Alpha is actually connect with me on linkedin because yeah. i post the things that i'm doing and learning and working on here all the time and i'm basically the only one in the organization that does that <laughs> i
0: can i can second that i watch you on linkedin all over the place it's great <laughs> yeah yeah
2: um and uh for guide uh, our website is uh, guideapp.co mm-hmm. we are uh, coming as fast and as furious as we can um you can connect with me on linkedin and learn mm-hmm. more about that as well but we will be uh we're going to have like a short um, animated video coming out soon. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of content is coming with uh, guide because we, th- this is the thing that we want people to know mm-hmm. a ton about. Um, we need, we want people to use the platform. We want mm-hmm. people to learn skills.
0: Absolutely. I will definitely be connecting with you on that. Um, one last question. Um, millions and millions of kids and I teach in the secondary level nine through 12 in traditional system. Um, I don't want to call them stuck cause I like to be optimistic, but what are some of the things that, um, that you would tell a 16 year old, you know, here's what you can grab out of a system, even though it's not perfect.
2: Right. I, I love that, that you said that they are not stuck. They are where they are. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and I, I love that. And I think, um, one of the most unique things for me was, was the high school that I, that I went to, um, I don't. I don't really know why I chose to go to the school, but um, my mom taught in the district, and at that time in Houston, if your parent worked in the district, you go to any school. Yeah. There was this new, newish school that opened called Westside High School, and all I knew about the school was that they had a ton of stuff to do. The, the school had um, like a like a re, like an actual Outback Steakhouse hmm. restaurant huh. attached to the school, and it was where they did a culinary program. I knew they had wow. robotics labs. We had this giant black box theater and I was just intrigued by the fact there was a bunch of stuff to do
3: mm-hmm.
2: because I knew, I did not know what I wanted to do with my life and I, and I knew that school was boring. So I figured if I go there, i at least have stuff to do.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And I, I also had so many bad experiences beforehand that I, I didn't trust teachers and I didn't believe the things they told me. Mm-hmm. When I look back on my school experience, more than college, that place was the place where I learned not that the system was not flawed or that that, that anything was, was right with school, but it was where I learned that I could be powerful and that I could win. And so my advice to any 16-year-old kid, like you're in a traditional school, um, is to find, like seek out the adult in that building. Because there is one that cares, mm-hmm. and, and there is one that is going to go to the ends of the earth for you. If you cannot motivate yourself, which most people can't, mm-hmm. find the person in the building that, that, that you believe is going to be in your corner. Um, for me, I had a 10th grade homeroom teacher, and name was Mr. Martin. Mm-hmm. One day he looked at me and he was like, you are 5'10". You are not going to the NBA. <laughs> You could be incredible as a debate Mm -hmm. and and as a as a debater and as a public speaker. And I thought, nerds do speech and debate. But I traveled the world with that activity. Mm -hmm. That activity taught me to to be my truest self. It taught me to be confident and it taught me to be powerful. And I will never forget that guy. Mm-hmm. I also had a teacher at that school that taught me to dance salsa which is how I met my wife <laughs> right? like I, I had teachers that cared for me
3: mm-hmm.
2: and and I sought relationships with them I went to their rooms I asked them questions um, about life right like yeah. I, I i helped start clubs and things like there and and I would not have had the same experience had I not gone to talk to those people right so find the people that care about you
0: I love that that's great um I just had one of my Uh, mentees uh, did a a documentary and I constantly ask him so what what can I do as a teacher on the flip side of that the student himself said exactly that he said just keep providing opportunities they're not going to take them but keep providing them so I I love that advice Mike I want to thank you so much for being here with us on disrupt education Um, we are gonna watch alpha we're gonna watch guide I will be connecting with you on that I'll put all that information up below uh, appreciate you being here.
2: Thank you so much for having me. You had a great time.
0: Awesome. Uh, until next time, ladies and gentlemen, keep questioning and keep disrupting education.